having a having an ability to communicate with people um is a, is key because you need to build up that that relationship and that rapport with the sub subject matter experts that you're talking to um or communicating with in order to get the information from them to then build documentation or whatever technical content you need to build in order to serve the user needs you need to serve welcome to the knowledge based ninjas podcast where Gowri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day and good morning, everyone. Our guest today in Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast is Jonathan Glassman, Senior Technical Writer at GitLab. Welcome, Jonathan, to Knowledge Base Ninjas. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Terribly good. Thank you. So before we start uh, digging further into your documentation process and other aspects, just uh, help us to understand a little bit about yourself and how did you initially get into this journey? Uh, sure. So, um, gosh. Um, so back in the day, uh, I was working in the uh, UK insurance industry. Um, and uh, although it was a, it was a, you know, a good job um, and uh you know, I had a good team. Um, fundamentally, I realized I wasn't happy. Um, this was when I was in my late 20s, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I went through a career change process um, and discovered sort of that technical writing as a career aligned with me, aligned with my goals, my skills, my values, etc. I hadn't really heard of the profession much before that. Um, it was only through that sort of research process that I actually understood what it was. Um, and so I thought, well, I really want to get into this. So how do I do that? Um, so I created a secondment in my employer at that time as a technical writer on a project team. Um, and then from there, I managed to get some experience and get the get that experience down on my on my resume, on my CV. Um, so then I went to work for um, another company as a sort of more like a legal technical writer. Mm -hmm. um, so sort of working on legal documentation. And as part of that role, I was able to do some uh, software documentation. I found I enjoyed that a lot more than the legal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I managed to move to the... Um, UK government digital service um, and start working on software documentation full time. And that was 2017. Um, and then more recently, um, I've moved to uh, GitLab as a senior tech writer. Great. It's a great journey is what I can understand, Jonathan. So well done from where you started and where you are now. Now, can you help us to understand a little bit about a few essential technical skills that a technical writer should process according to your experience so far? And I think it, it, it does vary from job to job. Um, I think for me, the key thing is being able to communicate with people. Um, so, I mean, I, talk, I think, I mean, I, I, we might touch on this a bit later. Um, fundamentally, to be a good technical writer, it can be quite tool agnostic. Um, if you're curious and engaged and professional and pleasant and polite, and you have a, you know, you are open to learning and open to trying new things, um, you, I think you can, you know, fundamentally you can do, well, most jobs, let alone most technical writing jobs, but um, having a having an ability to communicate with people um, is, a, is key because you need to build up that, that relationship and that rapport with the sub subject matter experts that you're talking to um, or communicating with in order to get the information from them to then build documentation or whatever technical content you need to build in order to serve the user needs you need to serve. That mm -hmm. I think for me is the the key thing, and it's looking for people who can, who can build up those relationships, um, regardless of the method of communication used. Um, so, for example, at GitLab, we're one hundred percent remote. Um, so we use um, 
you know, we use a process, it's called dog fooding, where we use the tool to, to build GitLab. So everybody uses GitLab, the tool to build GitLab, the product. Um, so um, the vast majority of the work that we do is in GitLab, the tool. So whereas previously at the government digital service and other jobs I've done, I would be talking face-to-face -to, -face to um, a subject matter expert, interviewing them, pair writing, et cetera. Um, in GitLab, I'm using the... Um, I'm using the tool itself to comment on people's contributions or drafts and going back and forth with them within that uh, merge request um, or within that issue um, or also on Slack if need be. Um, so that is a different aspect to the communication um, sort of skill, I think, in that you're not, you know, you're not talking face to face with them um, most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, which I always, you know, I fully admit, I always personally preferred. I preferred to be in the office. I preferred to talk face to face with people. Of course, since the pandemic, I had to learn to be better at working remotely. And then since moving to GitLab, of course, I've been one hundred percent remote. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a different type of it. it it's it's a different um, aspect of the same skill, which is okay. Well, I have somebody I need to work with, um, and I'm doing it remotely. I'm doing it via typing. So of course, you lose, for example, say tone, or you can lose tone. Um, when you're when you're writing down words rather than having a conversation like we are, um, you have to make an effort to build that rapport, build that positive working relationship. I think more explicitly when working remotely, um, because <laughs> face to face, it's not like it's easier, but it can be. I think because you know we're you know I think it's yeah it can be easier face to face than remotely, um, yeah. and so you have to be very mindful and careful of the way that you communicate remotely in in all aspects either like this on zoom or whatever video conferencing software that you use um or using a tool or using slack or or something so it's building that positive working relationship to then collaborate with somebody to produce content documentation whatever it is that you're producing that serves that user need that to me is a mark of a good versus a great technical writer regardless of where you are whether you're remote or in person or what you're working on, I think for me, based on my experience and based on what I've seen, you know, recruiting in the past as well, having somebody who's great at that communication aspect is absolutely key. Um, it's a terrible cliche as well, I think, at this point, but of course, attention to detail. Um, we all we all make mistakes, and of course, perfect is the enemy of good. Um, oh, sorry, I say perfect is the enemy of good enough, rather. Um, but attention to detail at the fundamental level. Um, and that's interesting, actually, because, again, at GitLab, because it's all 100% remote, it's not just attention detail in terms of paying attention to a style guide. It's also attention detail in terms of making sure you correctly follow workflows because the workflows are what help make the all remote um, setup work. Uh, so, yeah. So am I correct in saying you give more weightage to the soft skills than any other aspects from a technical right? For me personally, yes. Um, I think that it's it's a temptation, especially when you're recruiting. It's a temptation to get too um, focused on the the hard skills and even even the words on somebody's CV or resume. Like, oh, I have this skill. For example, back in the day, I used to use Adobe FrameMaker when I was working at um, the company previous to uh, GDS, uh, which was Visa. Um, personally, I didn't like FrameMaker. Um, but other people did. I could recognize they had good points and bad points. Having used other tools since, I found I found that I personally liked FrameMaker more uh, less than other tools. But it didn't stop me being able to learn it and apply it and use it. 
um, because you have the mindset of, okay, I've got to, I've got to use this. I've got to learn how to use it. I've got to apply it. Um, so I think most people personally, I believe that most people can learn to use most pieces of software or whatever technical skill you need to use with enough practice and training. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's completely possible. Um, I think that having really good soft skills will smooth that journey, both, you know, in terms of your general professional life, but also in terms of, okay, well, if you have somebody who maybe is less open to learning new skills as a general principle, if they come into a job and they don't have a certain piece of software on their resume, like CV or, or experience in that, having the, having the, having a non-optimal mindset will make it harder for them to learn that software and therefore harder for them to then start contributing and adding value as quickly as possible, which is of course what we're all there to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, personally, I think, you know, having the really good soft skills, having a really good way of communicating, a really open mind in terms of learning, you know, being very good at building up positive working relationships, having, you know, good attention to detail, being engaged, being, you know, being reliable, you know, all these things, you know, these will help you to, um, these will help you to uh, learn whatever hard skills you need to learn. And you can always learn those hard skills, I think. All right. Now, we spoke a lot about the skills required for a good technical writer, and you did uh, touch base very, very briefly on a couple of tools that you either liked or disliked and uh, either you used in the past. So can you sh um, share a few more points on the tools um, that you can recommend to our audiences uh, in order to help build their soft skills and the hard skills that's needed for a technical writer? Um, well, I think in terms of tools, um, I mean, I suppose, I mean, not saying I'm biased, but I would say that top of my mind at the moment is Git, not necessarily GitLab or any other particular implementation of it, but just getting the, getting an appreciation of and knowledge of Git, how it works. Um, mm -hmm. And also, I think very much trying it out in the command line um, rather than using a particular tool or a particular GUI. Use a GUI, of course, to, you know, get your head around it. I, I'd say personally, I believe that being able to use Git in the command line is a very good transferable skill at the moment um, that will stand you good stead in quite a lot of um, quite a lot of place. In terms of technical writing software, um, I'd, again, I'd probably go with something, I'd, I'd go with, I, this is probably a very popular answer, Docs code. Um, a lot of places need Docs code. That's not so much a tool as it is a, um, you know, you implement Docs code as a philosophy using a tool. Um, looking into Docs code, looking into what tools you can use to implement that, understanding how it works, and then just choosing a tool and running with it. Um, I think that makes sense. Um, in terms of my own experience, uh, I used Polygo um, when I worked for an AI company. Um, that was that was good. Um, uh, I, you know, the, it was an intuitive tool. Um, I liked, you know, I also they were very responsive when it came to help uh, and to support. So of course that's very important. Um, I've used Madcap Flare um, or with my sort of on my own sort of self-study. Um, again, very, very useful. Um, I especially like their snippets functionality, um, although it's been a few years since I've used it, so they they might have changed it. So apologies if my information is out of date. <laughs> um, yeah, um, like I said, with FrameMaker at the time, um, it had good points and bad points. Um, I don't want to badmouth any particular software. I just say that personally, I didn't like it. Um, 
again, I have to make, I, I think I have to make the point that, you know, I think tool, you know, you, from a, from a mindset point of view, be tools agnostic um, from a, if I had to name a couple to really focus on, I'd say understanding and be able to use Git in the command line um, and also see how it works from a GUI perspective, understand and use docs as code. Um, and again, see what, see how you can implement that. Because Docs' code isn't just about a tool, it's also about a workflow, and it's also about a culture. Um, so you can try your best to implement Docs' code using a fancy tool, but if the culture of your organization doesn't support it, then I think that's a recipe for frustration. Mm -hmm. um, so, but at least understanding how it works, understanding how other people have used it and implemented it, um, either through, you know, for example, write the docs is a very, you know, well-known um, documentation, documentarian, um, uh, software, not not software, documentation, resource, and community. So, you know, there's a lot of talks on that about how to implement docs as code. I would mm -hmm. definitely recommend all that. That is very important, I think. And I think it's the, um, at the, I think at the moment it's, you know, how can I use it? It's like the current meta, I think, in terms of technical writing, like docs as code is very much a, a desired skill across the board. Um, I don't know what will come next uh, or if anything will come next for a while. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I'd say Git and docs as code is, not in terms of in terms of tools, but in terms of technical skills to focus on and understand how to implement. So let's go to the rapid fire question, Jonathan. Uh, sure. Who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? Um, well, in, in general, I mean, I, I smile because they're my friends. Um, I've been really, really lucky in my career to have worked with some just brilliant, well, brilliant people, not just mm -hmm. brilliant technical writers, but excellent human beings. Um, it sounds like a cliche, but it's, you know, I'm being, I'm being true. I'm being authentic here. You know, when you have colleagues who are inspiring in who they are and what they do, it makes you want to be better. So you can be, I guess, almost worthy of them, worthy of their respect, worthy of their, their investment, their time. Um, they've absolutely and definitively made me a better technical writer. Um, in terms of specifics, I'd say the technical writers I've met and worked with at GDS and at GitLab have been just so good. Um, in terms of their soft skills and their hard skills, I've learned so much from them, um, especially on Git. Um, and yeah, just yeah, yeah, they've been they've been brilliant. I mean, if I had to name names, um, I'd say my managers at GDS. Um, so Jen Lamborn, Rosalie Mar uh, Rosalie Marshall, Laura Hiles, uh, Laura Hiles, I should say. Sorry, um, <laughs> mispronounced the yeah. name there. Sorry, Laura. Um, at GDS, they were all brilliant in terms of coaching, leadership, management style. Um, when I became a manager, when I was briefly a manager, you know, I I looked, I looked to them for inspiration. You know, you know, how would I, how 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 should I act in this situation? I'll look to them as my north star. Um, the technical, in terms of technical skills, the guys at GitLab are so smart. They are intimidatingly smart. Um, and um, I'm, I'm learning a lot from them. So thank you to all your colleagues and uh, mentors who's been uh, supporting you all these Absolutely. Uh, years. Again, you have uh, shared a quite a lot of um, useful information in terms of tools. But when it comes to documentation resources, are there any specific um, websites or uh, blogs or any particular person you go quite often to gather uh, up updates and most recent uh, information some documentation related resources please i mean i'd say the write the docs community is fantastic um the write docs website is fantastic um if you can go to the write the docs conferences in person i mean 
you know, if, if, if your resources allow you that, that's brilliant. If not, they're all available online after they are uh, broadcast, after they are recorded, rather, I'd say, sorry. Um, so the right docs community is just, again, just full of really smart people um, doing really good things, and they're really good to to learn from, to see further resources, to, to keep in touch with. Um, apart from write the docs, um, I think I'd rather be writing um, by Tom Johnson. Um, yeah. He's I, I like I like his writing style. I like that he I like his he's very um prolific in his output. So mm. that's I mean, you know, just as somebody who wants to learn, that's very reassuring because it means there's, you know, I think oh, there's probably gonna be another post. So that's great. Um and he tries different things. Like for example, he um he did quite a long um piece on um how to measure value of um documentation, which is a huge thing for technical writing. Um mm. it's a classic question, you know. Of course, we've all I'm sure a lot of people will have had the the uneducated or incorrect sort of steer of oh well we'll just look at your word count or your page count or however much you produce well yeah i producing i could be producing a lot of bad words but that doesn't mean that i'm producing anything <laughs> that's useful so he did a large part on like you know how to measure and attach value to documentation which i think is important for every technical writer to understand and think about at some point in their career because you will be asked that question you will be asked to demonstrate it especially i hate to say this now especially like at the moment we're seeing you know a lot of redundancies in the text in the tech space um there have been some pretty high profile massive job losses recently um i wouldn't say that it would necessarily stop and of a stop anything from happening but at the very least you can have all your ducks lined up in a row to say well we provide x y z amount of value be it in terms of saved hours on support or if you can attach a, a monetary value to it through an agreed KPI, then that would be useful too. you know, just just have that ready to go. Because if you're part of a large company or even, even a small company, you know, they have to justify people's existences, which is a shame. Having that ready to go is at the very least, it's it's, it's not going to hurt your case. Yeah. Thank you. So again, once again, a big shout out to Tom Johnson and the Docs community. My last question to you is, uh, what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20 year old self? <laughs> look up the look up the phrase technical writer because you'll end up doing it one day. Um, documentation related advice, I mean, I guess at a higher level, write down everything that you achieve at your job because it makes it easier when it comes to review time. I mean, it sounds a bit mercenary, but unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Um, documentation related in general, um, having a good attention to detail will help you so much in life. So make sure you get that nailed down. So more attention to detail and just keep looking out for the best opportunities. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You have shared quite a lot of resources for our audiences to take back home and uh, digest. Uh, is there anything else I missed to ask you today in this episode that you'd like to share? Uh, no, no, thank you. It's been great fun. Thank you very much for your time. Great, great. Thank you, Jonathan. Again, you. once again, we really appreciate your participation in this Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast. Have a lovely day and good luck with all your future projects. Thank you. And the same to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.